Hey, welcome to the Story Studio podcast. Um, John looks a little, kind of a little high right now. <laughs> okay. Just, just kind of sedate. Doesn't he look just a little like he's... Might be tired. Well, uh, actually, no, D- Dave's exactly right. So, so it's funny that, that Johnny actually picked up on this. So I didn't nap today. I always nap. Um, like, you know, before the show, I'm always... You didn't getting- nap or you didn't nap, dude? <laughs> no, I, I didn't nap because so the, just this like sequence of calamities this morning. Um, there was just like Cindy had a rough morning and I knew she just didn't want to make lunch. And I'm like, hey, let's go out to the Indian buffet. There's this Indian buffet across the street. <laughs> and so we went there and we had lunch. But that's like you had diarrhea lot. for two hours. No, not at all. It's just like that would have been the time that I that I used to to nap and everything. So I, we just came back. I took a quick shower and I came in. But yeah, I, like I missed my nap. <laughs> like I Did love you that bubble bathing. No, no. Like I've I've been taking quick showers. A lot of stuff to do. So I haven't been I haven't been bathing. I've been showering. You haven't been pampering yourself enough. No, I, I know. I'll get back to it. But it's there's a lot of shit to do in this first quarter. <laughs> um, I I had an amusing um moment today i was listening to do you remember that audiobook somebody recommended during i think it was during the stone table signature session called 10 Percent happier by dan harris yes i, I have that. i listened to his podcast oh okay so i'm listening wait, listen wait, wait, wait 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 have you applied even one thing that it tells you to do or suggest little bits and pieces here and there i haven't read the book yet i have uh what do you call it um i listened to the podcast though are you planning on doing 10 percent of his 10 percent Yes, I'm going to do one percent happier. One percent happier. Like, that's enough for Dave. That that's reason, good though for me, right? The reason that I'm enjoying it is uh, just a little bit of background. And this would, if if we were still doing something cool, this would, I guess, function as my something cool because I'm enjoying it. I petitioned um, for something cool to make a comeback. So he was. Uh, um, I don't know if he still is, or Dave might know this better than me. Uh, TV news correspondent. Um, pretty high profile actually. And, um, I didn't know his name, but that's cause I don't watch the news. But anyway, it's all about, um, it, it's, it's about meditation, but he tells the whole journey to get there. And he's, he's like a type a skeptic basically. And listening to him go through meeting Eckhart Tolle and then Deepak Chopra and, and like what, what's somebody, one or two people from the secret who I can't remember their names Ugh. is, has, is really hilarious because I can't help but imagine Dave. <laughs> he's he's um not only does he think that they're all full of shit in different ways but the, he just his writing is really funny so like he just refers to you know how sweaty they are and how just it's this really sarcastic writing about um about how deranged everything they say sounds and i totally hear dave on all of that yeah <laughs> I, I like him a lot he had like a panic attack on air um and he, he has another book out, uh, Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics or something. So, oh, also, that's awesome. I also have a title. Uh, so today we wanted to talk about um, mystery box storytelling. And actually, I think this is, this is kind of neat. Maybe, there's, maybe this is worth a little bit of background. Wait, wait, I, think, I think mystery box storytelling is actually the next one. And that what, the stuff we'll talk about in no. this one will kind of lead into that. Okay, bit. well, then I have no idea what this episode's <laughs> about. So take it away, Sean. <laughs> All right. All right. So yeah, we, we were talking about mystery box storytelling yesterday in, um, in our story room. Um, and we were using it as an example of something that I, I kind of scratched at the surface of when, um, when, uh, when I, on a project that, well, two different projects that um, I'm working on with Dave right now. And um, so I was telling the story, 
you know, to, to the group at large. And I was using mystery boxes as as an object lesson. And I talked about J.J. Abrams' mystery box uh, <laughs> talk that he does for TED. And, um, and then Bonnie said, hey, would you guys mind if I interviewed you separately about mystery boxes? So we set that call up and then like, that's cool. We can talk about mystery boxes. But as a lead-in, I thought we could talk about, um, it, it's been really interesting. So I have two consecutive things that I'm working on right now. One is after seven years, <laughs> um, uh, the script for yesterday's gone pilot because you know that's just in in what we're doing right now that's something our portfolio is really missing because at any point it is okay do you have a script for that and we can move really fast for example we already have one for white space and got a little movement on that like right away as soon as we had it written and yet yesterday's gone which has a much much bigger footprint doesn't have one so it's really something that we need to get done I wanted to do it last year, swore on like my everything that I would have it done by the end of this quarter, which is like next week. So it was time. It was time to just get to it. So do you I'm doing have, that. Do you have two pages of Dog Vader barking? I do. I do. Good, there's a good. whole I want to make sure that's st- I don't want a, a moment- dog in it. I need to make sure that gets handled. <laughs> yeah. Um, so by the way, that's uh, one of Austin's favorite dog stories is Dave going back and adding a dog to a book. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, it, uh, it, in addition to that, there's another project that Dave and I are working on that I just referred to as our Oscar book this year. You know, it's the equivalent of every year for a long time. Well, we missed a few, but Johnny and I wanted to have the, you know, we would call it our literary. For a long time, meaning three years, but it was always the intention. It was always the intention, right? Um, but we have done it three times where this is the best thing that we've written. And I think the last time we did it, it got held for a year and now it's being held for another year and it'll come out this year. But it's it, we wrote it a while ago. Um, so uh, Dave and I are, have something like that brewing and I needed a, a first version of that outline. And so seeing these two things where here's the latest thing I have from Dave and here's the first commercial thing that we ever did together. And the nature of a script is that you have to break it apart and and put it all back together and you have to see it little piece at a time. So there was just a lot of analyzation that had to happen in the yesterday's gone work to get to the pilot. And I've uncovered a couple of big differences in the way that Dave and I think about story that I didn't realize before. And it's kind of neat that after seven years, I can still like, oh, I can, I can unpack this. And it's like I think a love that, story. He's still <laughs> a delightful Rubik's. Well, it, it's, I think that the more you unpack something, like I think that great storytelling is all about understanding. It's understanding yourself um, in addition to the story you're trying to tell. And if you're in a collaboration, then it's understanding your collaborator. And Johnny is, you know, like he's just a more open collaborator than Dave because he's more trusting. <laughs> like it, it's just, it, it's just a fact. I mean, it's just the fact. I can't argue with that. It's not about who's the better storyteller or anything. It's just when it comes down to it, I can grow more and faster with Johnny because because he's very open and accepting and trusting of like, 
whatever experiment we're going to do or, or whatever it is. Um, but I've never been able to really define what it means in the story. And now I feel like I have a little bit more of an understanding for Dave, which was going to help us in our subsequent. Oh, I can't work. wait. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so I am curious, like, because you, Oh boy, I'm bracing Dave, myself. No, so Dave, Dave is, um, show Dave us is, in the doll where they hurt you. Dave is really funny because he, there's no consistency to how often he shows up to our story meetings. Like we, we never know, like it was just boom. And then he's there. So yesterday I I had like the ultimate Dave story. Like it was all about like, no, 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 no. That's a big claim. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. All right. The ultimate like Dave process story, like talking about our process and he wasn't there to hear it. So everybody got to hear about your process before you do, which is just funny. And now you're hearing it at the same time as, Everybody. <laughs> well, yesterday I had to go to the pharmacy. Long story. So <laughs> this is so, a little like if your wife were to call all her friends and complain about you in bed or something, and you were the last one to know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. I can't imagine that. <laughs> no, I, I actually. There's nothing here that is a complaint at all. It's just everybody tells stories a little bit differently, and I think that I think that again the i love telling as many stories as i do not because i'm trying to hurry through anything i feel like uh you know what was that was it siler was that his name in heroes yeah yes was, okay so like you're absorbing all these superpowers every time you tell a story especially if it's something that you haven't done before you kind of absorb that that superpower it's really cool and so um what would you guess, Dave? What would you th- think is like a fundamental difference? Because you've been writing with me, turns out, for as exactly as long as I've been writing with you. So what do you think, what do you see as a fundamental difference between us? I always have a, a peace scene in my books. <laughs> yes, you do. That's actually not a joke for those of you at home. Wait, wait, wait. Um, you always have a what? Urination scene. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> I, I might have heard that wrong, but nope. <laughs> no, no. Okay, the story we're telling. I thought you knew this. Guy. Is it always urination or is it just a bodily function? They, they wake up and they go to the bathroom, as people tend to do. I have they, s- nobody's nobody's pooping. It's it's all peeing. I don't think I've ever written a poop scene. <laughs> oh, you've written a poop scene. I got some reference material if you want to. Written, I've written shitty scenes, yeah, but not. You've a- <laughs> written poop scenes with buckets in them, and and like. Oh, yeah. did I? I don't even remember. Yes. Yes. Could could we um, could we get um that on the master spreadsheet of books? <laughs> Add a column. <laughs> okay. Poop no, scene. I, yes or no? Okay. No. Okay. Here's what's hilarious about this. I'm I'm so shocked. I I thought you knew everything, Johnny. I didn't know you didn't know this one. Okay. So. Oh no! I know about the pee scene. I just oh, okay. I just didn't oh. know that's the story you were telling right now. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't think it's it a is. trope. We're gonna add it to TVTropes.com. Yeah. Okay. So Dave's stories do always have a pee scene. So besides that, um, Dave, what else? Uh, you want me to list my tropes? Is that what you're looking for? I, I, no. I am going to look on TV tropes right now while you're doing <laughs> it. Okay. No, um, no. Somebody I, gets knocked out. Somebody like. No, no, no. Uh, I, don't, somebody... I don't mean that. No, no. I don't mean tropes. I mean, just like the way we approach story. Which may be too broad a question. My, mine, mine is very mental character. Like some of it's visual, but it's more mental. I'm really in the character's heads. So I don't know if that's what you're getting at or not. Um, that, well, that's definitely a, a little bit of it. So, um, okay. So a really good example here is it's just the way we approach mystery boxes. Okay. So w- when I'm looking at 
Um, uh, and we'll go into mystery boxes in the whole next episode. Like that's what we'll actually talk about. Um, but, but, but am I uh, a mystery box? <laughs> you are a total mystery box. Now, now, Dave, or maybe we should just fold this in and, and talk about it because maybe we do need that foundation. No, no, I, I, I think you should continue with this lesson because I know where you're going. I think we should explore because mystery box is its own thing. And when you were getting going on the story meeting, there was a bunch that I felt I wanted to go in, but we'd already taken half the meeting. All right. yeah, so, yeah. so no, okay. that should be its own thing. By the way, okay. there is a... Um, a TV tropes entry for you're in trouble. Just wanted to close that box. <laughs> Thank you for looking into that. Yeah. I think Dave's autobiography should be called you're in. <laughs> oh, I like that. Be good for like his investigative reporting things. Yeah. Something he says to victims. A, de- a detective with a bladder issue. <laughs> He's on a stakeout. He's got a piss oh, in Oh, I know jug. exactly who I should pitch that to. That sounds you're like a trouble, fake... a detective thriller. <laughs> I think that sounds like a fake community show. <laughs> Um, all right. So enlighten uh, me on myself. <laughs> okay. So, um, so Dave, the reason he didn't, he only gets to the wedding scene in most books is because they, they lack mystery, right? Yes. Um, this would be okay. Dave as a reader. For those of you who don't understand that reference, getting to a, the wedding scene refers to Dave getting bored with a book partway through. Right. And not partway through like the first <laughs> few chapter. chapters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So if there's not a complete <clears throat> mystery, he tunes out. He likes the same thing in his television shows, right, Dave? Yes. Okay. Most shows. So, Not well, comedies, obviously, but yeah. Well, obviously, but you like mythology. You like yes. all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, I've noticed this as, as a consumer. We found this in the company a bunch of times, that you shouldn't necessarily create what you enjoy consuming. Because there is sometimes a divide between what you like to absorb and what you like to put out, and so what I was noticing in the um, uh, in the yesterday's gone pilot as written. Um, so some background here: Dave and I wrote that originally. It has six different POVs. Uh, so Dave not had, nearly enough POV. <laughs> Dave had three of them, and I had three of them, and it was really like a playground right? It was, we didn't talk about the story. We didn't talk about the world at all. It was just, let's go see what we each are going to do. And then we put our ideas together and kind of mesh them. And it is magical that like, that is the first commercial property that we did to go out there and try to make our names as indie authors. And there is some instant magic. Now, a lot of it, I was like, wow, this is some clunky bullshit, <laughs> right? Like, there's some passages that I'm just flat out embarrassed about, but also not at all because fuck you guys. That was our first work, and at least we were publishing, right? So um, I, I, do, I do think it's interesting to go back and, and kind of take it apart. But the way, the way our characters were handled are just so differently. And what's interesting is I did not have the perspective or the vocabulary to see this or articulate it at the time at all. But looking back after what the 15 million words or so since then, it's a totally different observation. And all of the, all of mine are like, we mystery boxes. Right. And all of yours are much more restrained. They're like, here's parts of the story I can control and that I understand. And so for me, I don't care at all. <laughs> like, I'm like, we're going to figure this out. Oh, the rainbow talks. Fuck you. We'll figure it out. Oh, the dogs an Indian. Fuck you. We'll figure it out. Right. So like over and over and over, there's like 
just craziness. You write and, us in the corners and I try and write us out. <laughs> right, right. But but I didn't I didn't realize that at the time in the same way that at the same time I didn't realize that you wanted no part of this publishing company that I was trying to build. <laughs> right? It's like I didn't see that you were an unwilling participant in so much of my madness. And and looking back, I can see your characters are they are much more stock, right? You've got the Jason Statham you know, double agent guy. You have the, this is the tropiest of all Dave characters. You have the journalist father who spends too much time working and feels guilty that he's not home with his child. I've only written that guy one time. No, no, that is. <laughs> That's that like is, me telling my kids, I've only told that story once. And they're like, dad, we told like 10 times. Dude, that is the Daviest character ever. It's a very uh, Davy character. It's a very Davy character. Um, Gets mauled uh, then, by a bear, and then the the, the the loner teenager who gets bullied. Right? These are these are Dave. These, these come from the Dave Hall of Fame right here. <laughs> like all of them. And what then, would a and, Dave Hall of Fame look like? <laughs> Hall of Shame. <laughs> and then mine are like wacky, right? You've got like the 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 magical little boy who's like got the weird language ticks and the um and he's talking to rainbows and animals are following him and just weird shit all over the place. <laughs> You've got the serial killer. One of us does ayahuasca. <laughs> right, you got the the ayahuasca taken serial killer. Um and, and then the the third perspective is a whole group so I can have a group dynamic with a lot of different personalities to play off of each other. Right. And, and there's all of, all of their storylines have mystery boxes, right? Because okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure these out and your storylines are, are restrained. Now I think that's actually a beautiful chemistry between us. And I just never saw it that way before. I never realized it, but if I, it's like, when the P scene was pointed out to us, and then I realized, oh my God, Dave does this in every book. How can I not unsee this? And how have I not seen it for all these years? It's the same thing. Now I, I this is this is very consistent. And so I also have this outline that you just gave me, and it's the same thing. It's the 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 purpose of this was that we were going to move real fast. And so Dave had a a, a calamity this week. And, <laughs> and I was, he, he Calamity lost, Dave. yeah, he, he lost a bunch of work and I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, sad about it because I thought I didn't realize he lost work. I thought it was just like, come on, Dave, like we're supposed to do this a certain way. And I thought he was just doing it the old way. And like, I thought, man, I'm going to write a book called fixing Dave and just document the process. It's like <laughs> and, boxing Hel uh, Helena or whatever that yes. movie is. <laughs> just like that. Um, I would then, like to be in a box. <laughs> no, this will, actually not. This is really good. So, um, uh, but this, this outline, because this outline was kind of, there's so many good ideas here, but it falls prey to a lot of, of, of Dave's consistent, um, the things he's having a hardest time outgrowing. And a lot of it is trust in the story. So I think this is something interesting to explore because this is what has been kind of um, our superpower, uh, mine and Johnny's, I would say, not necessarily for selling books at all but for exploring story and getting really good, really fast at being able to tell 
uh, being versatile storytellers. And what we do is we never shy away from the mystery box. Now, I'm really appreciative now that I can see this, this relationship like this because I can approach it differently. Because that is the relationship that I have with Johnny. So I come up with whatever crazy idea I want, but he's always there to ground it. And he, he'll ask a lot of questions and he'll make the stupid ideas that I have really obviously stupid. Like, wait a minute, you're telling me <laughs> that, <laughs> right? And, and then so between us, we get a very logical um, uh, outline, you know, that does have the big ideas that are kind of restrained in. But I never even realized that that was specifically what you were restraining about, like, when, the, when we have that back and forth. So anyway, we can keep going but but what do you how does that sound does that sound accurate well i'm not sure because i thought the outline was really good until uh the end part so i'm not sure exactly where it was falling well, short okay well yeah I'm, I'm talking more about yesterday's gone so on the outline what i would say is that there, you've got you've got stuff like really figured out but you're you're not willing to trust that there's so much more to figure out. So when, when we when we talked, um, so we talked. I forget what it was, but then like the outline came like three days later. And mm -hmm. when we talked, I said, "Just send over what you have because you you can't get it all the way." And and you said, "But I want this. I want it to come to you so good that you could just start writing it right away." Yeah. And I said, um, <laughs> and and even now, like you had that in your head, like that that's a possibility. But what I'm, I got. I wish you guys could see him because he's like, no, yes, of course, that's the possibility. <laughs> but it, but it's not. You have to get that out of your head. There's never a 1.0 outline. That that doesn't work. It the the problems that you have in your stories, Dave, a hundred percent of the time, that that get you to start over and want to write it over again, <laughs> are not being ready to write it. Like the outline isn't ready yet. It hasn't had enough passes. I. Or, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think the thing with me is, I need, I need to know everything that's going to happen. I need to know. I, that, I, that's exactly the point. Yeah, and I like, I have to. Yes, I feel like I need to know everything that's going to happen, and I think a lot of it comes from like the screw ups we've had in yesterday's gone, like where we wrote ourselves into a corner and I thought, well, it would have been so much better if we knew this before then. So like, I want to know everything before it happens so I can create like this perfect story. And it, it, but it, there was no fuck belief. ups. That's yeah. a false belief. Right. And once you can eliminate that false belief, it's going to open so many doors. And it used to be that I said, okay, you know what? Everybody's different. And you know, Dave's process is different than than our process, but as more and more and more storytellers come through, and like you're the only resistant one, right? You're the only one who's still not not doing it, and it's so successful for everybody else. So it every single person who comes through it, it becomes more glaring that like, no, this is really something you can do. You can figure it out. This is a this is a mindset thing. It's a code switch. So what is, would you say that I'm not doing specifically that well, I should they, do? Okay, so okay. there's two things. So there's two things. The first thing is 
you have to see scenes as as more like what is what is this scene trying to accomplish and i'm going to give you so many notes when i send this back um, okay. i'm going to I, like Bonnie and I are both going through this to to add a lot of notes to this because I, I do want to use it as like a like a teaching thing because I think that you are going once you get this you will be probably the most powerful outlining force in the company because you're native well, it's like something that Obi-Wan Kenobi would say to Darth Vader before he strikes him down <laughs> I will become a more powerful outlining force than you can possibly imagine <laughs> No, I I think because I mean here's the Come truth the of dark it. side. Here's the truth of it. Like like and I say this like I I feel like I feel like Chris Powell right now with with love. Like I say this with love, but but this fisting is with love. It, it absolutely is. Like the, the way you like your work habits and your basic approach to like doing the same mistakes over and over again, you should fail. Like your outline should fail. Like they shouldn't ever work, but because your innate like sense of craft is so fantastic and your own innate sense of story and character is so good, you pull yourself out of it time and time and time again. But if you could get that pre-production down so that you understand what is actually required in the outline, because the way you see it is in scenes, and I'll get to that in a second. Because that's that's actually the answer to your question. But but if once you nail that and you become <laughs> this like, I, I can I totally see you as a as a precision engineer, a story engineer. You just you just need to get rid of the false belief that you can um, engineer it before the story, because at least half of it comes to the story. You cannot know it all ahead of time. You can't. That it, you can't, that yeah, does we're not actually happen. finding that on an outline that we need to pitch a movie project. We need a finished outline. And we're just like, well, I guess we can just keep kicking the outline and hope that tells us the end. Like Sean and I are incapable of creating a complete story from A to Z at the outline stage. Because, right, Dave, you have, okay, so you would never once outline an ending that's been your ending, right? Mm, 12. Okay. Anything else? Not once. Uh, 12, bitch. <laughs> uh, 12 and I think maybe Crash, although Crash took a really long time. Uh, no, Crash did not have the same ending. You changed that ending. Okay, and I don't you, remember. And, okay. and it's, a, it's a novella that took almost a year. So let's not, yeah, not yeah. use Crash as an example. Well, 12, 12 was the most... Uh, the most engineered. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's actually a great example of you at your best. And well, and really also good. 12 is kind of like, uh, yeah, I knew, I knew the ending, you know, 20 years ago. So yeah. 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 Right. And that ending is kind of in the construct of the, the yeah. concept itself too. Um, but I mean, Johnny and I have written a lot of books and I cannot tell you how many endings we've mapped out. Not many though. I mean, so so on the outline you're going to pass back to me do i need to fix these things or you guys are fixing them and i just need to read the notes what is it no it's it's the outline is as collaborative as the book that's the thing like there's there's a storytelling process that has to happen but you get really internal with the outline you're like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna fix it i'm gonna give it to him and it's all gonna be done and you end up spending so long on it that I get it and I end up fixing it all and then just writing it because there's no time left in the schedule. Okay, so, you, so I think seeing the notes will actually be helpful 
so oh, I I'm can sure. see what you're talking yeah, about. No, I'm sure. So, so, so <clears throat> what I'll notice is what you'll do, like you'll, you'll have, um, you'll have out, like, let's say I have two outlines and they're both 10,000 words, right? Mm-hmm. Which is about right. Like, but one outline has come from Bonnie and your, um, and then the other outline has come from you. And, and this is interesting too, because I'm doing all my tracking right now and I can see how many words I produce an hour from a Bonnie outline versus a Dave outline, right? And this is no, reflection on the quality of story at all it's just this is how many words i'm able to produce and the kind of outline is like it's not even close like i'm just way faster on a bonnie (laughs) outline but it's because of the triggers that are there and so what you'll do is in the beginning parts here's a typical outline and tell me if tell me if this sounds familiar the first few chapters will be pretty much written like okay here's a here's a chapter of the book it's like 2,000 words. So already 20% of my outline, ladies and gentlemen, is chapter one. <laughs> well, I'm still feeling it out at that point. <laughs> right. Okay. And then, and then as we go on... I, th- I the, thought I was being helpful. The, the, the chapters become thinner and thinner until like the very end, chapter 37 is like, like she tells him something. And then it's the next chapter. And so I don't have like beginning so, and So middle. my way of thinking is like... It, early because this is how it would help me actually so if i was writing the outline to myself that's what it would look like and basically my idea is i i get i get you in there in the beginning and like you learn the character and you like i i detail so much and by the time you're like near the the middle to the end you know the character you know what they're going to do and you don't need as much detail in those chapters that's it, my way of thinking but or I, or you're like me that you are in the character and you're just you just need a brief outline and you're kind of like making shit up that that will fit but, but yes but then that's how we run into storytelling problems because we actually don't know what happens so there's there's a lot of things where you what you're doing is you're picturing a scene so mm-hmm. in your chapter you're not thinking about what has to happen in this chapter to drive the story forward what's the big question what's the big objective how does it lead into the next chapter or anything like that what it is is um i i see them they're driving they're they're going here and there's like a mood that you're feeling or like one moment so there's always a moment you're like basically chapter 34 has to have this moment Mm -hmm. and i get that moment but that's different than this happens then this happens and this happens in a chapter and so you'll spend a lot of your real estate in an outline getting really detailed on actual dialogue instead of actions. Like this is supposed to happen, then this is supposed to happen, this is supposed to happen. So we can give you, I can give you like outlines that are like, oh shit. They're like like directions, right? It's like a blueprint and you and you write that. But but it's just that there's the the and and it actually is fine because I mean Stonefall, which we loved right was written like that i mean that's how that outline was and Mm -hmm. it's fine it's not that an outline like that can't be written that way because of course it can be and of course we can find the story but what i'm saying is that there are better ways to do it that we've uncovered so how i how how this would have been i think a, a, a more amazing project and we'll still kick it back and forth is the the whole directive there too was um I think there's way less story there than you imagine, too. So I said this could well, that's be not good. <laughs> well, I said there's this could be okay. So here's an example too. I like I think that that because you think in terms of scenes instead of objectives, and you're thinking visually instead of how much has to happen, it is a different way. It's it's 
it, it is more visual, but I think that your your spatial relations for story are, are sometimes off. So here's an example. When you handed me the uh, the yesterday's gone treatment mm-hmm. that was going to turn into the script with, um, uh, you know, uh, like a chapter list, basically, right? Um, okay, this has to go, and then this has to go, and this has to go in that sequence. And then we had, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't conflict at all. It was just different we saw it differently. And you said, I really think this needs to be divided in two. There's too much here. There's too much story here. This really feels like two episodes. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. Like that's one less episode. And, and structurally you can't divide <laughs> that because you're introducing every character. You can't have a pilot that's, you know, half the characters in one, because then whoever you introduce in the second episode is going to feel like they're new to the story. All your characters have to be in the pilot. You, you remember talking about that? Yes. Okay. So all the so the thing that you thought needed to be divided into two is is actually forty minutes of television. <laughs> all right. All right. I I went. I I actually had to take stuff from episode two and add it in, and I'm padding it, and because it needs to feel like a full hour, and there's just not enough story. So that's something that is consistent with your with your outlines is there's not enough story there, but you'll go really deep in a few parts. So because you've gone so deep, you walk away from the project feeling like, wow, I'm really exhausted emotionally and creatively because I, I put so much into that. But you didn't put it across the story. You put it in a couple of spots in the story with a lot of blanks. So the way like that, that uh, I mean, alternative ways of doing the outlining process and what I think would be great <laughs> here is you and I had our very first meeting and it was like, okay, here's the concept. Here's the name. And I think we were like both digging on the concept and the name, the fact that it could be as long as we wanted. Um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's, it's basically like, this is our Oscar work for the year. This is going to be really awesome. Um, and the finished outline is um, 31 chapters, um, which is novella length. I mean, that's shorter than our normal stuff. And so I th- like, there's just not that much story there. So what the best way to have done this is to take that original concept and instead of spending a week or whatever on it, you spend like a day or two, just get those raw ideas out. You pass it to me. And then I give you a bunch of questions, um, right? Which is what, what Johnny would do to me. Okay. Well, I don't understand this and I don't understand that. And this doesn't make sense. And then you answer those questions by telling more of the story and then you pass it back and we do that and we get on the phone until we have a story that we both really love. But instead you take it and you hammer your head against the like wall over and over. Well, I'm gonna part of it, it out. Yeah, part of it was that it's juggling three different timelines, which I found kind of like putting a puzzle together, and it was difficult. So, yeah, yeah but I, 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 I don't want to belabor the point. But yeah, yeah, timelines are a pain. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they, they for sure are. But I, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of notes on this, and I think it's going to really help. And all right, I mean, I think that the the whole the whole thing is you're in such a good place right now to be absorbing all of this. I thought he was still in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, 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 we're fortunate enough that we're kind of ahead on our work right now, which is a place we haven't been in a really long time. And I, I mean, we're like probably just a few weeks away from being a place where we can say, okay, now what do we want to do next? And it means we do have more time in pre-production and we do have more time to, you know, pass notes back and forth. That would be and good. Yeah. That's going to be really helpful because that's my big, I know that your big goal for this year is to, you know, impress the fuck out of everybody. And like, like, you know, my, my goal is to, 
make that goal possible for you and, and it really help you. And so I like that we can slow down a little bit more so I can give you those notes because you, you always do want to learn. Um, and I was really glad to hear that you crashed <laughs> this week instead of made bad decisions. Way, way better. So um, do you want to, do you want to uh, call it and then go to, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I was just waiting to see how you guys concluded that because it just, it's just kind of like, I mean, it was really interesting, but I'm just like, is there a final note? Well, no, I think it's, it's just, just wait and see. Well, yeah, it's, I, I think that we are, I think that Dave and I are iterating our process for the first time in seven years, really. I think that Dave has been pretty resistant to that kind of, um, that I'm a martyr of, of a storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> he is a he is a martyr of a storyteller, and he doesn't he likes to feel comfortable, and so even if something doesn't work, but it's what he's done before, that is comfortable to Dave, and so breaking out of those bad habits is just so important to his success, and he knows that. Like he knows that. And we so, can title this teaching an old Dave new tricks. No, I like that. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I actually do like that, and I do want to keep chronicling this. Like I I, I like that that we did this live in front of everybody, you know, I mean, this is a conversation that we would have had quietly and we did it, you know, because I think that there's a lot of Dave's out there and I think that it's hard to change. <laughs> All conversations <laughs> that you're originally going to have privately should be conducted. Yes. On will, the real will the real Dave Shady please stand up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, don't you feel Johnny that like as, a, as writers, Dave is way easier to identify with than we are because we are, <laughs> Are super experimental we will try anything and for the most part writers like to well feel very much but also um just quite separate from that we're you know we're really trying to find the new rhythm of the show <clears throat> it's not like new show reinvention of the show it's not anything that grand but it is what's the rhythm look like because we're weeks away from this sort of new dawn that we've been looking for where we're, we're, we're full story and there's a lot of really cool stuff and um one of the things that kind of occurred to me this week is when we have our, we have a twice weekly story meeting. And a lot of times Sean comes with like, well, here's the thing I thought that you guys would be interested in. And for some reason, I, I guess I'm always just like 60 seconds late or something. And so it's always going, it's already going. And um, it's like, I've walked into a lecture. Like there's a little, there's a little speech. It's kind of like, well, here, it's like the, the preacher, like, well, here's my sermon before we begin. So not, not that it's like heavy handed or whatever, but it made me think that things that merit discussion amongst the storytellers in inside Sterling and Stone are probably some of it's going to be good fodder for the show just because that's what it means to be a story studio. And we actually, as Sean mentioned that Bonnie asked about the mystery box and was like, you know, can I do an interview? And it's like, well, yeah, all day long because we're turning a lot of our education inward that we used to do for the smarter artist. Now it's to educate our people. So it just is an, an interesting new kind of dawn for us. So anyway, so that's, so that's it. Um, Thanks, you guys, for listening. Thank you guys for listening to this Story Studio podcast. And uh, next time we will discuss the mystery box storytelling, uh, which I think is pretty cool. So there you go. Adios. Bye.